Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Devised almost 200 years ago by a practical German baron, the bicycle has evolved into an urban staple. Beloved of children, prized by inner city commuters, it can be a lifesaver when summer smog chokes the nation. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life and 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe, the number is 94198377. You've been listening And you're listening to the Yarrabug Radio Show with Faith and Val here on Radical Radio 3CR, 855 on the AM dial on the tranny, podcasting or screen or streaming. We've got a big show coming up today, but first off, that quote from the top of the show was from uh, the Canadian newspaper, The Globe and Mail, 2006. Quite appropriate, I think, as we see, as we speak, the city of New Delhi is choking or asphyxiating itself, I should probably say. Many thanks to Amy Goodman and Democracy Now! A rare pleasure to back announce such a great piece of journalism, long last year as well. We're going to have a show. We're going to focus on safety on our roads in Melbourne, but we're going to particularly focus on Nicholson Street, Coburg, and especially for pedestrians and cyclists. Interesting, this is the second time Nicholson Street has come up in the last month, Faith. One is named as one of the ugliest streets in Melbourne. Now we find that it's nearly the deadliest as well. But first off, to lighten our life, lighten our little feeling a bit, Faith, a bicycle moment in this lovely Melbourne sunshine. So I guess my, my bicycle moment is pretty much a memory of last week. It was, um, there's a nice little route that's been shared a bit lately, um, a gravel ride around Heathcote, which has the Tuberac pub at uh, the halfway point, which is a brewery pub, which, uh, um, and yeah, that was the, that unusually sunny Sunday last week. And uh, a couple of hours riding with friends on that road. And look, we're joined on the show today by uh, Catherine and Helen to uh, look at uh, safety on Nicholson Street. Helen, you've got a little bike moment to share with us? Oh, probably the bike moment that I would like to share today was when I rode with my family through the CBD two weeks ago. Uh, My daughter is five years old and it was really excellent to have 
separated bike lanes that we could ride on um, to, to keep her safe. Um, and she had a marvellous time, as we all did, riding through the city. We oh, went all wonderful. around the, yeah, all around the capital city trail. It was great. It makes the city so much more accessible, isn't it? Like, you know, you can go out to dinner, go shopping and do stuff and not have to make a special trip in the car or something. Yeah, exactly. It was excellent. And one way to define, is it safe? If I can go with my five or six or seven-year-old daughter and safely ride somewhere and feel safe. Yes. Catherine, put you on the spot. Mine's a little um, more of a story than a personal experience um, about bicycle uptake by osmosis. At Coburg High, we have a um, a bicycle workshop in a shipping container, and some of the kids, including my daughter, who are year 11 now, so they're a bit too cool for school, they grew up biking from a very young age, um, but they've grown out of their bikes and haven't really wanted a new one at this age. Um, But they have their lunch at a table near the workshop, which has a bike um, club on Thursdays where they repair bikes, um, including ones that they've gathered from around the city with Dr. Cranky, you're probably familiar with. And one of our fantastic teachers has the kids repairing them and they give them away to people who need a bike or people or students who want a bike. And these call call for school kids have been sitting there at the table observing this. And now they've started to get a wee bit interested. And one by one, they've gone in there and been given a bike that's been done up by the other students. So um, I'm pretty wrapped about that. So that's bicycle uptake by osmosis. <laughs> it's, it's interesting how this comes back. My, my son went through a period of, oh, well, you know, after having to ride everywhere, you know, I'm not into bikes, that's your thing. Whereas suddenly <laughs> this year he wants to build, he's been building fixies and, and dragging Old frames home from hard rubbish. <laughs> My husband's thrilled about <laughs> You can blame that practical German baron for all that danger then. <laughs> Look, uh, I did um, a funny thing the other day. I'll go through an intersection that I go through if I go to work, uh, usually go to shopping or go into the city, or always use it. And it's a classic intersection where you've got two lanes of traffic across the road, it funnels into one. So if you're a bike, you know that you've got to, you've got to half jump the lights, you know when the red's on the other side, so you just go, yes, I'm off here to make sure I'm safe. Unbeknownst to me, they'd changed the intersection during the day, put up a pressure pad and put a right-hand, right-hand turn lane on the other side. I hear all the click, click, kick sort of I'm five metres into the intersection before I realised I've got a right turn coming at me. And it just sort of after it, I thought, look, I ride through that so often that I've become so indoctrinated to actually how it works that I tripped myself up on it. And it really made me sit back and go, even in these some things, you've really got to be sharpish a bit. So Otherwise, it was quite funny. The bloke who was going to turn right was very nice about it, so that was good. <laughs> My riding companion was absolutely horrified because he stayed where he should have stayed, which was quite funny. Anyway, we're going to be back and we're going to really focus on Nicholson Street. Uh, 
3CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Backrose Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. And you're back listening to the Arabug Radio Show with Val and Faith. Our guests today are Helen Kratzman from Pedestrian Safety for Nicholson Street, Coburg, and Catherine Hall. The Coburg High School Act from the Coburg High School Active Travel Committee. Maybe we can start off with you, Helen, and you can tell us what is the problem with Nicholson Street in Coburg. <laughs> the the problem with Nicholson Street in Coburg um, is well, there's quite a few. I think, I think one would be that the speed limit is 60 kilometres an hour and it's got quite a few curves in it, um, but it's an arterial road managed, um, of course, by, by Vic Roads and it sits between, uh, basically when you come from the city, the speed limit is essentially 40 kilometres an hour, so it's kind of the interface between 40 and 60 and the road really opens up if you're travelling north from the city um, the road really opens up at Nicholson Street. So uh, cars can put their foot down after being in congestion and, and sort of really fang it. And I think um, similarly, if you're, if you're heading into the city, it's kind of the last opportunity to make up time with not as much traffic congestion. So we see a lot of um, drivers either in trucks or cars, you know, really going very fast and probably too fast for the road conditions. And also you throw trams in there as well. So, you know, drivers are trying to get past the, the tram. So it's really difficult, um, I think, for pedestrians and cyclists because there's a lot of collisions and, um, and of course, the vehicles end up on, on the footpath. And, I mean, if you are a cyclist heading north-south along that side of Coburg-Brunswick, I mean, you, you don't have a lot of other choices. The Merry Creek path is oversubscribed at the moment. It's very busy. And Nicholson Street is your direct north-south route. Yeah, oh. correct. And, and the Seward path is on the west side of the creek, so not on the Coburg side but over on the, the Preston Thornbury side yeah. of the creek. And there's no streets really between the creek and Nicholson Street where you can you can take an alternate route, you have to cross um, Nicholson Street or go di direct. So you have to go right out of your way or go straight down Nicholson Street to be able to ride in. And it's largely, despite being an arterial, it's largely residential in nature. So it's a, a street. There's going to be a lot of people leaving their home, either by foot or by bike, to access public transport, local schools, local shops. So, yeah, how do they do that safely on Nicholson Street? And the footpath itself is where these cars are ending up, isn't it? Yeah, correct. I think how they do it safely is a really interesting question. I think people that are, um, are needing to, to cross the road, we were successful, our campaign, in getting 
uh, signal a signalised pedestrian crossing outside the Nicholson Building and the IGA after our community suffered its third pedestrian death in a two-year period. Um, so that was really horrifying, but, but the um, pedestrian crossing has been really great for cyclists, children using it to uh, ride to school, etc. Um, the next signalised crossing is all the way down at Rennie Street. So in between those two, for example, there's a, a tram stop and, and even from Harding Street down to, to Bell, people essentially just have to run for their lives. They wait till it's clear. They may or may not be able to see around the bends in the road and, and then they run. To, to, to try and get across the road safely. And we see similar things with cyclists that need to come out of those streets and, and um, turn right. But, but even, you know, if they have to turn left, the condition of the road is not really good. Where the, the gutter is and it interfaces the bitumen, for example, um, there's um, crevices. You know, so if a cyclist is trying to hug the curb, which, of course, is dangerous because their pedal can clip the gutter, you know, so, so that can happen or they have to ride a bit further out. And even with the um, one metre passing laws, we still find if traffic, two, two vehicles are next to each other, that traffic doesn't necessarily slow or, um, you know, take that one metre around because there's just not enough space on the road. And Catherine, if we look just up towards the northern end of Nicholson Street where it intersects with Bell, the problems continue there for active transport users, don't they? Well, absolutely. Um, just to backtrack a bit, I mean, Coburg High has got 1,200 kids, 12, over 1,200 kids next year, and 75% of our students um, travel sustainably. So only 25% are getting to school by car. But the road is not given over to those people, the students that are walking or biking. And um, we are surrounded by arterial roads like Nicholson Street that have the speed issue. Uh, we've had one success getting lights at um, Pentridge Boulevard, which makes up the strategic cycling corridor we'd like completed. Um, but at Nicholson, the issue is um, Nicholson Street and the, the Bell Street Bridge and the Elizabeth Street intersection because our um, boundary draws students from south of Bell and from Preston and there is no safe north-south route going up Nicholson and there's no safe east-west route either. The school supports a campaign that has come out of the community. It is mainly Coburg High families or future Coburg High families and they're concerned about that whole intersection on the Bell Street Bridge and, and Nicholson Street. Uh, they've got quite a long-winded name, Safe Access Over Bell Street Bridge for Everyone, SAB. And they've got a petition that's been signed by over 900 people already. And um, that bridge, talking of no space for people walking or cycling, the, the footpath is much narrower than safety requirements um, require. It's meant to be 1.8 minimum, I understand. And this one is... Uh, 0.9 in some places and the widest is 1.5 oh so there's no space given over to people walking or cycling it's very busy road as everyone knows bell street and the footpath is frighteningly narrow and the curb um uh is an, at an angle that draws cars up onto the footpath the whole intersection nicholson street corner and elizabeth street corner and the bridge is just covered in um crash marks on poles there's clearly cars going too fast coming around corners smashing into poles and one of the recent 
uh, accidents over this weekend, over the last few days, was a car turning out of Bell onto Nicholson and, and um, rolling over and the people had to be cut out of it. That, that sort of thing's happening all the time. And, yeah, we're concerned for students trying to walk and cycle and get off public transport and access the school. And this is... You, the best way to do this is through thick roads. Where, where are you? Where did? Where does the pressure get applied? Our school. Um, well, Helen. Helen's done all her work on the Nicholson Street end. Um, with the school, we actually had a site meeting with Vic Roads and both councils, and um, <laughs> so that, that will take. They they really did take note, and um, I suppose that will take a slow process, but. Um, Pressure, I presume there's been a lot of letters written by the campaign group. The school will be writing letters and, and the petition hopefully will help. Uh, one of the count, Moreland councillors has passed a motion to get council to support. So it's early days for that campaign. Uh, but we have had some successes in the past. As I said, we got the, the uh, lights built by council, mind you, on uh, Pentridge Boulevard, and both councils are working together to get a pedestrian crossing on Elizabeth Street, which will provide finally an east-west safe route, that strategic cycling corridor. But, yes, so these ones we're talking about now are Vic Roads ones, so that is state government that will be making the decisions. And, Helen, you've been advocating for lower speed limits on Nicholson for a while now. Yeah, correct. We've been advocating, our community's been advocating for reduced speed limits since uh, 2016 um, when the, we had our third fatality within 100 metres of the Holmes Mall and Nicholson intersection. Um, we advocated for a long time to council for them to reduce produce a report into pedestrian safety um, and, and it took many months of banging on the lectern at council meetings for them to actually produce that report. And by the time they did, it was actually pretty light on and then I banged on the lectern some more and asked them, you know, to, to do a bit more. Part of that uh, report included advocating to Vic Roads for a reduced speed limit. We, we also, uh, Vic Roads did come to one of our early community meetings and promised us a whole lot of reviews into infrastructure and those promises and, and certain other commitments. And, and unfortunately, those, those commitments were, were never um, honoured. I've written to the Minister for Roads and I was actually, I sent her, a, a, I guess, a, a road safety pack really, which, which included um, some potential treatments and as well as outlining risks and, um, uh, you know, demonstrating by way of photographs the kinds of risks and carnage that, that local people see we're pretty sick of pulling bodies out of cars or, you know, people suffer road trauma because they're the one first at the scene when people are on the road. And, and um, that resulted in, in a meeting with the roads minister, which was really great. Um, our, our state MP, Tim Reid, put a bit of pressure as well on because when we had a new roads minister, he'd, he'd um, I guess, made public the fact that he'd asked for about four or five meetings with the current roads minister and, and they had been ignored. So that was helpful. But the, the, the minister, um, previous roads minister, Jala Pulford, she, she uh, had organised for some Vic Roads traffic engineers to come out. And I had um, walked with uh, Katerina from the Brunswick East Safe Streets campaign, which is a bit further down on Albion, um, around onto the Nicholson Street, Brunswick East, and near um, uh, Brunswick East Primary School. We walked for three hours with Vic Roads traffic engineers from the Grove 
um, at the corner of the Grove on Nicholson Street, down Albion and down to Blythe Street in Brunswick East. And as a result of that, they had committed to provide a report into road safety in terms of what, what they thought um, could be implemented to address the risks. And they said that it'd take about four weeks, but we still haven't seen that report today. It did go to the minister. Um, the engineer confirmed that it had gone to the minister. One of the minister's advisors had um, told me over the phone that that report included a recommendation for uh, electronic um, speed limit signage through Nicholson Street and, you know, with, to support the 40 limit 40 kilometre an hour speed limit reduction, but that report was never made available to us. And Tim Reed's office actually requested it under freedom of information and, and it still was not forthcoming. So I'm not really sure why there's a reluctance um, by the state government to reduce the speed limit in the area given the overwhelming evidence and the overwhelming unmit unmitigated risks in the area, but it, it just appears that there's uh, no real political will to do it and to protect the lives of people who live and visit through the area. And it's it's really bitterly disappointing. I'm not really sure what else we can uh, do as a community. We, you know, we continue to campaign, but if we've had the engineers out, they've delivered the reports, they've got the evidence, it's really a matter of funding to, to deliver the infrastructure improvements. And, and um, we've been advocating for budget specific you know to be given to the street um in in the in the um state budgets but it just hasn't been forthcoming so we continue to ask but i don't know how else we can apply um the pressure unless the community continually advocates rights to um the the minister for roads and and asks for for um funding there is a recent precedent oh, sorry there is a precedent for speed reduction um on Bell, you're probably familiar, they, they did the review of the Bell-Sydney Road intersection and reduced it to 40 in a block near right. um, Coburg Primary. Well, Coburg yep. High advocated to have that reduction extended right along the Nicholson Street corner, but we were unsuccessful. But we're, we're, we're continuing with that. It's and a slow process, but it's getting there, the speed reduction. I just this is, We're highlighting a really specific hotspot. It's really, I'm, um, you know, not couldn't be stat amazed by inactivity, but it seems such a low hanging fruit. I mean, it really is a hot hot spot. Well, there's been five crashes in the last three days, with yeah. motor vehicles ending up on the footpath. Yeah. I think, you know, Moreland Council, it's embedded in their policies to encourage active transport. The state government claims that they're going to achieve 25% of trips being made by active transport. Um, so how do you do that when people consistently see motor vehicles careering out of control across their footpath, let alone uh, the space you ride in on the road? I have no words. <laughs> yeah, but you've got a, you've got well. I mean, it's, look at it. You've got a strong local MP. Everything, the more all the councils around you want to do something about it. Vic roads, even the engineers want to do something about it, but nothing gets done about it. And yeah, that that you still have to keep going, though, Helen. This is a thing you have to keep going. Otherwise, yeah. nothing will get done at all. 
you know. Yeah, correct. And that's the worst. That's the worst part about it. It's. I feel really fortunate to be such a resilient human being. Um, and and you're right. We we have had a lot of strong advocacy from from Tim Reid, but um, the the state electoral boundary uh, of Brunswick actually finishes at Harding Street. So Nicholson Street. Um, uh, from an MP perspective, actually also includes uh, the um, Lizzie Blanthorne, who's the MP for Pasco Vale. And unfortunately, we haven't had any engagement, um, uh, you know, sort of from her office in relation to these road risks. Um, we have written to her as recently as um, uh, uh, Friday um, when we did have that fifth, fifth collision um, and it'll be interesting to see whether we do receive a response from her or her office. Um, but, but we would absolutely love the support of Lizzie Blanthorne and her office. Um, and, and given that the electoral boundaries are shifting in 2022, um, the, the electoral boundary of Pasco Vale will actually be shifted south to Moorland Road. So um, the electorate of Pasco Vale will include the, the section of Nicholson Street from Moorland Road down to Harding Street. So we absolutely want to make Lizzie acutely aware of um, the significant um, community support for reduced speed limits along Nicholson Street and all of Nicholson Street. Um, and, and we hope uh, that, you know, her support for um, our, our section of Pasco Vale um, is demonstrated through state government funding. And we're talking, I mean, one of the most critical things you've mentioned is getting the speed limit lowered because Nicholson Street and Ligon Street, as you approach the part of Nicholson Street in Coburg, are both 40 kilometres speed limits. So that's not even a budget issue, is it? That's not about funding. That's the will to lower the speed limit. We, we always joke that to add a couple of 40 kilometer an hour signs could just be taken out of the petty cash budget, yeah. um, which is which is absolutely true. Uh, Minister Pulford's advisor, who I, I spoke to um, uh, several years ago, had told me, though, that VicRoad's recommendation was for the signalised flashing because of the community um, uh, campaign and the community response to the fatalities in the area. But, but yeah, I don't really think that it should be a budget issue. It would be very easy to just change the, the signs yeah, and just have static signage until they could get the fancy flashing signs. It is political will. And, Helen, we'll link to the petition Catherine mentioned in the um, podcast notes, but what would you like listeners to do if they're concerned about this issue? I think um, we would like to ask people to write to um, Ben Carroll, the current Minister for Roads and Road Safety, Lizzie Blanford, Tim Reid, maybe even copy in Dan because, you know, he's demonstrated recently, um, you know, his, his concern for the lives of Victorians. So we would like to see that extended to the lives of people who travel through um, our, our area and travel along Nicholson Street. Um, they could also follow the Facebook page. The Facebook page also has the petition and links to the petition for um, uh, safer streets uh, down at the, the, the south, the, sorry, the northern end of Nicholson Street. So I think there's some pretty good uh, things, things to do and then we can provide more advice through, through the page. 
and we'll put a link to the Facebook page in the notes with the podcast so listeners will be able to find that. And in terms of the the Bridge Campaign Group, there is also a Facebook group people might like to join as well as the petition and, and that group does have that long name, Safer Access Over Bell Street Bridge for Everyone, Saab. And they, that group's been working pretty hard. You can see photos on there of some of the recent accidents, as, as you can on uh, Helen's page. The other fix that, that could help would be if uh, Yarra Trams built accessible tram stops along the route um, because yes. that, would, that would definitely provide traffic calming in the area. But as we have seen, and, and a redesign actually for the intersection of Bell Street and Nicholson. Um, however, when, when I think about cycling along Nicholson Street in East Brunswick, where they have rolled out those, those yeah. um, accessible tram stops. It's quite frightening, right? I've, I've heard stories of cyclists that have just been, like, run into as they've been riding along with cars. So it, it would be good if there were accessible tram stops because that would provide a solution, although not a quick win. It would also ensure that, that you know, the tram stops were DDA compliant by the end of the year, which I think is the, yeah. the, the current deadline for them. But again, I think there would need to be good consultation with the community and the cycling community in particular, um, given that there's no other uh, alternative really for that north-south route um, and, and we would need to have, apply consideration or Yarra Trans would need to apply consideration to how cyclists would be able to use the road as well. And that's all we've got time for. Thanks for listening to the Arabug Radio Show. Chris will be back next Monday. And coming up next on Radical Radio 3CR is She-Bop. Well, we know where we're going, but we don't know where we've been. And we know what we're knowing, but we can't say what we've seen. And we're not little children, and we know what we want and the future is certain give us time to work it You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.